Abba Yahweh, this opportunity to again be in your treasury and to share, to exhort, lift up, edify, acknowledge you, Father God, for you are sovereign Lord of all things. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessing me to bless others. Thank you for allowing me to be your conduit. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Parakletos, Aman. So, I'm going to call this episode, as that's what this platform calls everything that I share and send it out. They call it an episode. Now, some may not have been listening with a spiritual ear and hearing, and what they were hearing they thought was a political platform. <clears throat> but let me, let me make sure that you understand completely that what I was sharing was not about politics. And if you were listening with spiritual hearing, you would be able to sift through what I shared and know that it is about truth. Now, I shared some things, and I gave some examples of how people are, but this is what we have to remember. This is nothing about politics whatsoever. And it's very important that we hear this word and understand and know. And I'm going to start in Joshua chapter 5. It's very clear. And before I read that and share that with you, I'm going to share this that I heard people that were even sharing with others and sharing with me that they were praying for <laughs> their pick on the elections and back and forth and political parties. You have to understand this and understand my clarity very, very sure. I don't have a political party. My father, my earthly father, did not have a political party that he aligned with. He picked who he believed would be the best for the people. Period. No offense or buts. I never, ever remember my earthly father voting for a party line. Never did. I don't. And I don't choose a party. And you say, well, how can that possibly be? Everybody has a... No, we don't have to be that way. They try to guide us and prod us into that, but you don't have to be. And here's, here's the important word about that. Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass when just... This is, I'm sorry, 5 and starting in verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. He didn't expound, simply nay. He wasn't for either. He wasn't picking a side. He wasn't choosing a side. The side was in righteousness. But as captain of the hosts of the Lord, and now I come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? 
And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. This was a physical manifestation of the Lord. The captain of the host of the Lord of heaven came down and said that we're not on a side. It's the same thing with political parties. Not on a side. You can't choose that way. And you can't pray that God's going to be on a side for you because you want a certain official that's running for office and choose to have that one elected and God's going to pick him because that's the one you want. It doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. God is in neutrality except that he is against Satan. He is against his oppression of the saints, brothers and sisters that have chosen to believe in Jesus Christ as the only begotten son that came and sacrificed himself for me and whoever else will listen and believe and have faith in God. The only side that God is on is in the side of righteousness. If you stand boldly in righteousness, God will hold you in his hands and he will stay the enemy. The enemy, you have to understand, is manipulated and mammon, the members of mammon that are doing some of these egregious things. And, and brother and sister, let me tell you, I believe that some of these politicians are just terrible, horrible, constantly lying and taking and stealing and doing all these things against the people. But we still have to pray for them. And in the first letter that Paul writes to Timothy, in chapter 2, I've shared this with you before. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, and that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to Come unto the knowledge of the truth, of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So we are to pray for them. We are to do that. It is a good thing in the sight of God that even as egregious as some of these things are that they do to the people, the citizens that they are supposed to represent, and instead they lie, cheat, and steal, we still must pray for them. They still have an opportunity for repentance. They can repent and say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Jesus, come into my life. Change my heart. I beg you, Father, to forgive me. God will forgive them. And then the Holy Spirit will guide their steps into righteousness. It is a real thing, and it is a possible thing to do. And Paul writes also in Hebrews, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, 
to be disciples and share the word. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Consider the Lord. Despite all these egregious things that we're going to uh, personally against him. What was the last thing that he said before he gave up the spirit to his father? He was hanging on the cross, dying and crucified. And he just looked down and then he lifted his head up. And I, I believe he was crying and sorrowful for their, their, their pain and their darkness. But he said, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. They were being manipulated and used. Brothers and sisters, that, is the, that was the message that I was trying to instill in your hearts and your minds, that they're manipulation. And there are people that will share things out of hearsay. They don't have any real knowledge. They don't have any truth, but they hear so many other people saying it, so then they start believing, oh, it must be true but they don't have evidence. I have empirical evidence. And that evidence I have learned by grace of my Father God and experience. And it does not matter to me what anyone will try to say in this plane of existence. They can, they can try to sway me with words, good words. They can try as they might, but I know what I've seen. I know what my Lord has done in my life personally, I have seen things, brothers and sisters, I have seen and witnessed. He's allowed me to see my guardian. He has brought angels to me physically in this plane of existence. And some of you may have doubt. That's fine. I know what I saw. I know what took place and I know what happened. And other people that were around me didn't see the one angel when I was in a really nasty accident laying out in the middle of the road. She came and knelt by me and held my head. But yet when I opened my eyes, because I was starting to pass out and they didn't want me to go unconscious. When I opened my eyes, there was a man, a male EMT. And I asked him where she went. And he said, what are you talking about? And I told him. He said, there was nobody here. When we came, you were by yourself. We were the first ones here. Wait a second, but that's not what I experienced. And of course, the naysayers are going to say, oh, well, that was delirium. You can say whatever you like. I know what I saw. And I heard her speaking to me. And I heard her trying to keep me awake so that I wouldn't be unconscious. Because you know that if you have a concussion, they don't want you to go to sleep. Because then, then you can go into coma. She kept me awake. But that MTA, EMT, they did not see anyone. And they were the first ones that came out. The other people were trying to keep people back and... And uh, they were trying to keep the guy from taking off in his vehicle, the one that hit me. But he actually turned out to be a good man. And I hold nothing against him. He took care of business. But the point being that nobody saw her. And I don't, I'm not sure if anybody that was riding on the bus with me that night when that, that angel came... And was talking to me up front. Because everybody went out the back. But she came back up to the front. There was nobody around up there. And she just turned to me. And helped me remember. And I still try to. I mentally work on that. Because that was a message directly from God. He sent a messenger. And that messenger was for me to be able to see. For whatever reason God had. 
This is not who you are. This is what you do. And that was a very vital word from God because what I do even now and these things that when, when Satan tries to throw the white noise of interference into my mind and get me agitated and upset, what good does it do to be anxious about that? And remember, Paul writes in the letter to the Philippians, be anxious for nothing, or actually in some translations says care for nothing, or be careful for nothing. What that means is not to be anxious about it. You get all anxious and you get agitated, then you do something wrong, then you get mad because you did it wrong, and Satan loves to push that, push that, push that, push that, and then you get to a point where, man, what sense does it make for me even to pray? God doesn't want to hear me. And it's important that remembering that the word of God is the truth. That's what we must remember. The truth is what we must seek. And we have to remember too that by two immutable things in which it was Possible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation to have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and with we entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That individual is from the Old Testament and was the high priest that it was said that he walked with God. There were very few that walked with God, and it was said that Melchizedek walked with God. And remember, the other person that walked with God was Enos. And he was no more because he walked with God and he walked home with God. And he was called God's friend. We have to remember these things, brothers and sisters, that we are told to do these things. And in Hebrews 10, this is very important. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Pardon me. And this is what I was talking about, that Satan is an accuser, a condemner, a destroyer, a separator. He wants derision. He wants separation. He wants apart. And what was one of the first things that all this stuff was going on? Everybody had to quarantine and stay apart. Couldn't gather with anybody. And I believe I shared this with you before that one dear, dear woman that I love, her and her husband are so kind and gracious and they love God. And they had a questionable result when all this was first starting on and told her that she had to stay away from her granddaughter and her family for two weeks until the blood test results came back. Two weeks. She couldn't be missed a birthday, missed this big family gathering and so forth and so on, but she had to separate. 
And as it turned out, it was negative anyway. But they had to stay apart, separated from family. The, the biggest thing that Satan wants is he does not want us to gather. He does not want us to be together. And parents are hurt so deeply when things happen to their children or their children are taken or pass on or whatever the situation is, but their hearts grieve deeply for their children. Satan knows this. Some of the first assaults are on the children to separate the family apart and cause the heart to be broken. But remember this too, is that this is so vital. God is with us whithersoever we go. That does not mean from point A to point B. That means in the depth of our sorrow and grieving for whatever reason, God is with us there. The Lord is with us there all the time. Jesus is there. Brothers and sisters, how much more sorrowful can one become? Jesus Christ went through all that. He went to the depths of hell and he wrested the keys from the prince of death. And that's why so many people feared dying for so long because it, the keys were in Satan's hands. Jesus Christ went and he wrested the keys from him. He didn't ask permission to take the keys. Can I have the keys? Give them to me, please. He took the keys. So when we are met, when we leave this physical plane of existence and we are met, we are met by the Lord. There is no fear. And remember this too in our adoption letter. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for them that love the Lord. There is no condemnation. There is no party. And when it comes to that time that we leave this physical plane of existence, the Lord meets us. He has guardians come and take us home. Home is not this plane. Home is not this earth. Earth is not my home. I'm passing through. I'm on a work visa. My work visa is validated by the Lord God Almighty himself. And he has told me that I need to be about his business and share the gospel with whoever will have an ear, listen and hear and understand. And if you cannot understand, then you seek clarity and that clarity and that truth is in the word of God. It's not by the mouth of mammon who say, well, that cheetah is a leopard, not a cheetah. And people start believing this, but they don't dig for any real truth. They say this and that and this and that. And people will believe this and that and this and that. They don't seek truth. They just say, well, it must be true because that person said it. Excuse me. That makes no sense whatsoever. And just like many people will say, well, they must know better. Because they got elected, they know more. No, they don't. There's some knuckleheads that work in Congress. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting... But they don't. They have no special schooling to be in Congress or no special schooling to be... And many are just... Look, if you have a young woman who can be what she was and then be elected into Congress, brothers and sisters... They don't have a special school to be a congressperson or an elected official. You have some that are just regular Joes, regular Janes. They just, they knew how to talk. Historically, you had a man, and one of the reasons why he was in the position he was in was because he was hugely charismatic, and they said that he spoke 
with a silver tongue. He could speak, he could draw people's attention, and he could make them understand and bend their will to his way. There's documentation that talks about that in history. And that person was Adolf Hitler. Pretty astounding. But one of the reasons that he rose to the position he had was because of the way he could speak and draw people's attention. One of the manipulated Muppets of Satan. Brothers and sisters, what I shared before was not about any political side rightness, wrongness. It was all about lies being perpetrated to people and people, many sadly, prefer to hear a lie over truth. For one reason or another, I'm not quite sure why. I gave up asking why on a lot of things because we're not going to find an answer, not in this plane of existence. And repeatedly asking God, well, why are they doing it? Why are they? Why are they? Why are they? Why is this? What is that? You have to let it go. I am learning to let go of more and more and more. And my heart is becoming more peaceful. The more I let go and give it to God and just pray through things, it's very powerful. This is the word of truth. This is from the word of God. And I tell you from him, he guides me through the Holy Spirit, through these passages, and he allows me entrance into his treasury so that I am a conduit to share the truth. That's all I say, brothers and sisters, and for those that are listening, it's about truth. And if you question words of individuals, try by the Spirit. I've shared this with you before. Before you cross a threshold into a church, you've been shopping for a church to take your family to. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Bible doesn't say it's wrong. Bible doesn't tell you not to do that. But before you cross in or you go and you enter into the sanctuary and you begin to start the work, try the Spirit. If you don't belong there, the Holy Spirit will guide you away and it will speak to you loudly. If you listen, lean in and listen. And that's still small voice, but it's going to sound like it's on a megaphone. Leave and leave now. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to leave, get up and leave. Don't have to make a big commotion about it. Just politely excuse yourself and get out and go. But if the Holy Spirit tells you you don't belong there. And then there are those, of course, yeah, but my friends and this and that. I went to that one church because my friends were there. I was missing people. This church was not doing what everybody else was doing. They were going to church and they, everybody didn't have to wear a mask. If they, if they felt comfortable, they didn't have to. If they were uncomfortable, then fine, wear a mask. They didn't push any of that. And because our church actually closed down and had to do everything by video, and we couldn't even have our life groups and prayer meetings on it, we couldn't do it together. So it was the disassembling that the devil put into play. Separation, parting. We are a gathering people. God inclined his wanting us to be that way, his design. He inclined his design for that we are to gather with one another. He made us that way. 
The devil doesn't want us that way. So whatever things are going on, you have to understand this too. And this is truth according to the word of God, not by what all these supposed scientists and medical professionals and all these individuals are saying. And yeah, I got a little sarcastic with portion of that when they said people are crying, oh, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Except the only problem is that the science and their narrative is following what all these other people have already established and set up and getting people, where is the evidence? Where is the proof? The only thing that we're being told is that this and this happened, this and this happened, and these numbers are these numbers. But there's no proof to that. It's only what is being said. And nobody is looking for truth and reasoning and understanding. You can get all of that by seeking God's face, listening to the Holy Spirit, and being in the Word of God. That's where the truth comes from. That's where real knowledge comes from. And that's where wisdom comes from. Goodness gracious, God's been around from the beginning, created all this thing. Don't you think he's got a little wisdom? And wisdom is a collection of knowledge and being able to put it together. You don't think that God has that? Truth, knowledge, and wisdom. God pours us out. And the only thing I ask God to do is to answer the prayer of Chavez. And he's done that. He blesses me mightily through being able to bless other people and that joy that I feel and the elation from being able to do that. And for him to share his knowledge and wisdom with me. And he is doing that. Brothers and sisters, this episode I will call clarity because that's what this is about. Clarity in truth. In truth, not out of the mouths of mammon because mammon tends to lie. They lie to deceive. They will try to drive you to separation through lying. There are some truthful, good people. I'm not saying there's not. But the reality of it is, is that those are few and far between. And you have to seek truth and knowledge and wisdom. We have to be able to do that. And this is important too. Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation and the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. God was talking through Paul when he was sharing and he wrote his letter to the Hebrews, he was talking about, he was talking about Israel, of course, in the desert. And what did they do? 40 years that they had to wander around, but God fed them, got them water, 
for 40 years, none of their clothes became threadbare. None of their clothing, their shoes didn't even need to be repaired, restitched, nothing. He took care of them. And, but yet, they still complained. They still griped, they still grumbled. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Moses, what were you thinking? What were you doing? He wasn't thinking. He was following the directions that God gave him. Just like when he made the bronze snake. It wasn't about an idol. It wasn't about the image of the snake. It was about following the directions of God. Period. About that. And I'm sorry, I said the man's name was Enos. Is it Enoch? I think I pronounced it correctly. Maybe not by any, but anyway, you can see that in chapter 11. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch walked with God, talked with God, and God called Enoch his friend that the Lord God that created the universe could look at you and call you my friend. He loved us so much that he gave us Jesus to come as our sacrificial lamb. And he hung on the cross and Jesus said that there is no greater gift. No greater gift. How, can you, how could I possibly question that? And yet, and yet there are those that will. I can't see God. Jesus is gone now. And they become like some, like so many of his disciples and those that were with him for the years that he walked. And even after he was crucified and appeared and before he was transfigured and taken back home, they walked away. He's not going to be here anymore. How are we going to do anything without him here? Here's the point. He's always here with us. He's promised to be with us. If you take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want you to change my life. Faith in God, the Holy Spirit to guide my feet. It's very simple. He is always with us. And let me share this. He is always with us. Don't only stand on the promises of God, my Savior, but hold on to the promises. And if you boldly but humbly approach the throne of God and remind him of the promises that he gave. But be humble in it. Don't be arrogant and don't be bold and go point your finger at God and try to wag your finger at him and tell him. Doesn't work that way. But he does not mind to be reminded. And what he likes about that is that you're showing him that you are in his word. You are studying his word. You are seeking him. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. But they that seek offense will surely find offense. And there are many in this day that seek that 
over truth. And even truth, they are offended by it because they seek the lie, they prefer the lie over the truth. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. Am I going out? Am I coming in? I just pour out this clarity that is from the word of God. It is his truth. Seek the truth. Pray for truth. Pray for guidance in all things. In all things. There are many good physicians that love God and seek his guidance. He is the great physician. And he helps them. He guides them. They're truthful and they're honest. Flip that over and there are many that are not. They prescribe medications that are so harmful, so dangerous, and I just cannot get over the numerous new advertisements about this medications that doctors are prescribing, but yet their disclaimer is that it could make what your condition is worse. It could cause internal bleed, all sorts of things. So what are they doing? Is that really being a good physician? They're not being guided by the great physician. Seek truth, brothers and sisters. Just seek the truth. And like I share with you, it's a very simple thing to do. If you've not yet Ask that Jesus come into your life. It's very simple, very simple. And you can do it by yourself. You can do it with a trusted companion or somebody that you believe in and someone that expresses the word of truth. And the Bible actually tells us that too, that these that are professing all these things out see what their final word is. And what that clarity is, is that are they practicing what they preach? Are they being are they being what they're telling you to be? Seek truth. Seek that love, share that love, pray over all. We're told to do so. They have a chance for repentance. They should have an opportunity and this is what God is sharing with us and asking us to share the gospel. His gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the truth. That they would have an opportunity to repent. God wants us all to be heirs and joint heirs with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. That's his strong desire. You have a good morning. It is quite early in the morning now. But have a good day. Be blessed. You're in my prayers going and coming.